Welcome to the Stages of She podcast, all about women, the lives we lead, the things we care about, the ways we grow and change, our goals, our dreams, our challenges, all from the perspective of your three hosts, me, Liz Thomas, Sarah Strasbaugh, and Christina Godfrey. We're each living different lives in three different generations. So I don't know about you two, but it's uh, Thursday. We normally record on Monday. And I thought that Mondays were like my hard day, but I'm finding that Thursday's a more difficult day. How are you feeling? <laughs> I love Thursday, but it's unique for me because I work from home Thursdays and Fridays. So Thursday, I feel refreshed. I'm in a new setting. And yeah, I usually feel good. Oh. Yeah, See, Thursdays this is are why. better for me too. I usually mm. feel pretty beaten up over the weekends after when Monday comes around. <laughs> <So. laughs> I uh, I feel good by Thursday. I feel so good by Thursday that that's when I'm ready to go out, you know, eating and drinking again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But Liz, I do see you as a Monday person. Like you are very driven and motivated, and Mondays are made for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> quote of the week and also now I'm embarrassed because <laughs> everyone knows so much. Well, I like Mondays. I like I like the idea of a Monday getting back on track and you know, getting back to healthy everything and getting organized, but it's not necessarily the day that my brain is functioning at its optimal level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should look at it though because Thursdays I also do a workout at 7am and the other days I don't work out in the morning and I always I do feel great after the workout so maybe I should think yeah. about that I find that makes a huge power if I've had my workout already or not so interesting do either of you take magnesium just out of curiosity I think every night I love it mm-hmm. I take it I've been taking it every night for gosh 10 years it's probably the best. If I had to give up all my supplements and keep one, I would never give up magnesium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just started taking a magnesium pill, whereas before I was drinking the calm tea, the magnesium mm-hmm. calm tea. Um, I don't know. Christina, is there a difference? You would know this. It's like a there different a type difference. of magnesium. Yes. I take biglycinate or a triglycinate. And that's the one that re- that you should take at bedtime that has all the, I think the one that you're drinking, Sarah, is like a citrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does, I think it does calm you down, but I've tried that before. It doesn't really do anything for me. The, the triglycinate and the biglycinate have been total game changer. Mm. I take it right before bed. And then if I do wake up in the middle of the night, I keep it next to my bedside and I'll take even more. You should oh. take up to 500 milligrams. It keeps your heart rate um, steady and on the lower side. It helps with anxiety, relaxing, has lots of properties. It helps with my RLS, which is restless leg syndrome for anyone that doesn't know. It, yeah, I notice. I mean, if I, it's like my security blanket. I don't even think I could go to bed without magnesium at this point. Yeah. That's awesome to hear because I think I've been taking the citrate version as well. And I, I haven't noticed a huge difference. So I'm going to need to switch. 
Yeah, I'll send you, we can put a link um, in the notes so that everyone can see. I have a couple that I would really like that I kind of go back and forth with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good. We just launched right into some wisdom, but it wasn't our mm-hmm. weekly wisdom. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but <laughs> I've been also having my kids take a magnesium, you know, one that's approved for kids. Mm-hmm. And it seems that's to be good. Helping. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So who wants to go first for weekly wisdom? Uh, I'll go first. I have kind of a funny one. So when I was, you know, growing up as a teenager back in the day when we didn't have phones and texting, my mom used to always say, don't write anything that you don't want the world to see. And I guess I took it to heart, but I had and this week, my brother sent me a text of a picture of a yearbook, my high school yearbook, of me <laughs> writing to somebody in the yearbook. And it, I, I said, who, whose yearbook is this? And he said, it's, it was my old boyfriend's yearbook. And his, my brother's son, my nephew, happens to be best friends with this guy's kid and got a hold of the yearbook and <laughs> read three pages of what I, I wrote in this yearbook. I was horrified. (laughs) Not that I said anything that bad. Yes, it was very embarrassing and sort of eye-opening. But what I thought was really also interesting was something that I had written actually came to reality. I said something to the effect of, well, one day when I'm sitting in my backyard with my three brats drinking a Corona, (laughs) I will wonder where you are. Now I don't drink Corona, but I do have three, you know, I'll say kids. And it just, it was very funny. That is hilarious. I would be terrified to see anything (laughs) I wrote at that age. (laughs) So word to the wise. (laughs) And what a great saying, though, that your mom had, because now you really need to say that to your kids because of all the issues with cyber bullying. Yes. So, oh, I know it's even more important now than ever. But we had, you know, we had these handwritten notes we would pass back and forth in class. And, you know, I still have some of those notes, which I need to now go find and burn. (laughs) No evidence. Right away. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sarah what's your weekly wisdom so I'm a little underprepared but I I'll talk about something I wrote down last night in my journal I don't often journal but when I have thoughts I need to get off of my mind I, I will jot them down and I was starting to feel like I don't have enough weekends. I don't have enough free time. And I I had this mindset of like feeling rushed and, you know, I'm 32 and I need to like move things along. And I was reminded of the word abundance and have been trying to shift my mindset to know there's plenty of time. There's tons of weekends ahead in my life. There's so much time. And I think of abundance when it comes to money and love and things, but I haven't really applied it to time, especially right now. For some reason, my mind is getting flustered thinking I'm running out of time. Um, And so I'm just kind of like playing those words over and over in my mind to 
shift that and, you know, open my mind. There's plenty of time. Relax. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is true. And I think that scarcity mindset is like very um, defeating. It's really hard to get past though. Yeah. What do you mean that you're running out of weekends? Like, I think (laughs) Christina really wants to know. (laughs) I mean, here we are in June. We're halfway through 2023. And I'm thinking, okay, what, you know, this weekend I didn't really have plans. And I'm like, oh, do I want to do something by myself? Do I want to make plans with friends? And I was just feeling this urgency of like being more strategic with my weekends. And I want to relax more and just be like, whatever. If a friend invites me to dinner, I can do that. I don't need to sit at home and get my self-care night in. Um, I think after that book we read, Happier Hour, it I realized it almost like sometimes has a negative impact on me counting down yeah. how much time we have left. So I'm finding that sweet spot of understanding that so that we appreciate our time more, but also have to think of it as abundant. And so we don't panic that we're running out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm here to tell you, you have plenty more and don't worry about it. Those are, <laughs> and that's what I need to hear. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is do not worry. That is not in the big scheme of life. Just go with the flow. Let the weekend, mm-hmm. usually the best weekends are the ones that I have nothing planned. I usually have, and I end up having a full weekend with the most fun things to do. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to get overscheduled. And I think that book was very beneficial, but also for someone who is um, type A and high anxiety, I had to like tune out that bull recommendation to count how many things you have left because yeah. I would too be like heightened in my emotional state. I know. It really it. got in my mind too. Yeah. That's funny that it did that to you, both of you, because it didn't do that to me. It made me just. I haven't really thought about it since, to be honest, but it made me want, if I do ever think about it, just uh, try to just be in the present moment and appreciate mm-hmm. things that normally I find maybe a little bit irritating. Like, oh, here I am going to pick up the kids again. And then I think, well, let's make the most of this time because I know it's fleeting and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. So it's been a good reminder for me but I don't dwell on it because Mm -hmm. there's no point. Mm -hmm. Right. See, and I am the opposite. Like if I think there's lots of time, then I'm more in the present because it's not like this feeling of urgency. Mm -hmm. Um, Or yeah, sometimes you can want to perfect the current situation because there's not that much more time of it or how many more times mm -hmm. am I going to do this with my kids or my friends so let me make this moment perfect and then if it's not it like can ruin the moment so I think really like Christina said the simple words of be present is going to be the most helpful in situations Mm -hmm. like that well let me help you both out here for a second because I'm listening (laughs) to both of you and I think this is the whole point of this podcast I was very much like you Sarah when I was your age I was trying to maximize everything that I did always like I didn't want to waste a moment I was going to have all these amazing experiences and I put a lot of pressure on myself for that Liz same I see your drive and motivation and you're up early sending out emails I'm trying to fit (laughs) everything in and 
I was that way too. And now I'm in this completely different phase. And part of me feels sad, like that I don't have those two people in me anymore. But I'm also listening to you girls going, wow, I'm really happy that I'm in this side of it, <laughs> looking back, because I'm looking at the two of you going, oh my gosh, you guys are stressing out about nothing. <laughs> this is silly. <laughs> I hate that the truth. But I was you. I was a version of both of you in my 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. I think with age, they say, comes wisdom. And you realize, in fact, that's one of the topics I want to talk about in this podcast is how, you know, we we put so much pressure and worry about the future and, and getting things done. And you realize that there is, there's just never there's no end to it. You know, there's no, it's just all changing. Everything is always changing. So just go with the change and the flow and you'll realize there's plenty of time. It's all good. Rest when you want to rest. Power through things when you have the energy and just don't put all that pressure on you. It's not, it's all an illusion is really what mm -hmm. it is. It's a good yeah. reminder. That is a good reminder. And I don't have a very complex weekly wisdom and that will be a good segue into our topic mm -hmm. because we wanted to spend time today talking about what we would tell our younger selves or what we would share with someone younger than us. So we're going to launch into that in just a minute. But my weekly wisdom is just around the inspiration of this show, to be honest, because we have been having these really deep and interesting conversations. And I was really an avid journaler for years. And being a writer in my profession, that always kind of went hand in hand. And then I had about 10 years where I just was over it. And I didn't journal for a really long time. But based on one of our earlier episodes, I started the gratitude journal again. And it's been really interesting, because I have started to see where I get very resistant <laughs> to mm. being grateful. Like it's, I don't know if you find this, if you have a gratitude journal, but some days it's like easy for me to write down like, Oh, I'm so grateful for this and that. And then some days I just am kind of sitting there like, I don't feel grateful today, but it's the days like that. I think that are the most important to write down mm -hmm. what I am grateful for. And now I've been doing it for about five weeks and I'm really feeling a difference. So thank you. Right. Because the whole point of, of writing a gratitude journal is to, it's training your brain. So it's not just th this fluffy exercise. It's actually mm -hmm. rewiring you, hardwiring you to start the day off thinking about positive things, thinking mm -hmm. about abundance, like Sarah's talking about, thinking about what you do have so that you, you, kind of launch into that frame of mind and then it really it really um you know over time can can change your whole life and your perspective so yeah I notice when I keep up yeah. the gratitude journal you know religiously that after a couple months I will think oh wow you know that I'm feeling so much better like everything is better in my life and then when I fall off of it and kind of get into a slump, I can, I can really see the difference. So. Yeah. I'm noticing mm -hmm. that. So yeah. Thanks for the inspiration. Cause I think when mm -hmm. I journaled in the past, it was always just like, 
a letter, you know, it just Mm -hmm. never was focused so distinctly on abundance and gratitude. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's our theme. Well, and you always have something to be grateful for. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that you're breathing and you got up in the morning and that you have healthy children and that you have a home and you, you know, have a business and you drive a car and that Mm -hmm. you're, you know, healthy and attractive. And I mean, there's, there's a million things to be grateful for. Yeah. You're so right. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just your cup of coffee that you get to make yourself and drink, you know? Or just getting to sit down and write in a journal, like whatever it is. You guys are inspiring me. The most I've done with the gratitude practice is I'll wake up and if I'm feeling resistant to the day and waking up, I quickly in my mind go, I'm so thankful for sunshine. I'm thankful for friends. Like I just say it in my mind, but I'm sure like you guys see writing it down. I want to try it now. Yeah. Yeah, I've started, um, I do an entry every, because we've talked about this in another episode, but I wake up really early to be alone for a little while. And I have started an entry right away with my coffee, not looking at anything that says, what am I grateful for? Instead of like, I am grateful for, I found like asking myself the question, I'm more honest. Mm -hmm. So Hmm. yeah. Good, whatever works. And you don't have to do one thing always the same way all the time. Mm -hmm. That's true. You, you change it up. Just spending yep. any time alone doing anything. You know, I know we did a podcast episode where I talked about this lengthy, you know, morning routine that I have. <laughs> and I have to be honest, I haven't been doing it lately. But I'll do a very shortened version of it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. sleeping was better. You know, I needed to sleep a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And I'll get back to the lengthy one when the time feels right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Not being too rigid with these routines right. and rituals that are it's kind of defeats to make the whole perfect. Good. Yes, mm-hmm. it defeats the whole perfect. That's a really good point. And I think that's a good segue. Purpose. And Christina, I think you should start because I do feel like it just kind of filters through our energy when you share about your experience because I'm always looking at the phase you're in, like, okay, what am I? So what are we taught? What am what are we're talking about we are talking about um what we would tell our younger selves oh, just our kind younger, of okay. what we would wish we would have known you know any of any and all of that i think right. is just it will be beneficial to me i hope it's beneficial to our listeners yeah well so something came to mind this morning and i i had shared with you guys earlier a quote about light and dark and it really kind of hit me that for my whole life, I think I've been fighting to make everything go well. We're always fighting to, to prosper, to, to get ahead, to, to, we want our lives to always be moving in an upward direction. And we are, at least for me, always been fearful of anything potentially bad happening. And so I'm always fighting against that. And what I've realized is that that is not life. You know, there is, there is dark so that we can experience light. There is not that I really believe in, in good or bad, but there are hard times so that we actually can feel good times. So the two, everything goes together. You have to have 
you have to have the 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 highs and the lows in order to even appreciate the highs and once you kind of stop fighting and resisting it's such a freeing feeling it's you realize bad things are going to happen that is mm-hmm. life some years are going to be great and smooth others are going to be rough you're going to have some days that are really hard you're going to have days that are great but without having those challenging times you would never fully experience the the good times so embracing the good and the bad and know that nothing nothing will happen to you that is so bad that you can't handle it i've experienced lots of tragedy hard hard very hard things and I'm here today and I'm strong and I will get through it. And I know that Mm -hmm. no matter what comes my way, I will deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's taken me 53 years to get to this place because I have lived with a lot of fear and anxiety. And what if this happens? What if that happens? And the other thing I've learned is that most everything that I've been afraid of never happens. It's things you don't even think about that happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something, I forget if you've told me this, Christina, but when it comes to worrying, worrying if something's going to happen, we shouldn't worry before it does because that just means we're going to have to worry when it hasn't happened. And then if it does, we're going to have to worry again. So just wait till it actually happens and then get out your worry and concern and freak out. And I love that advice. I I mean, it's somewhat is maybe what the untethered soul touches on a little, um, which you recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. Cause sometimes when you're worrying about something that's never happened, you're actually, you're worrying about it. It's actually experiencing it. So it's like, as if it yeah. has happened, it, it is happening to you. It, it has happened to you. Yeah. It's the worst. I mean, and, I've taken a lot of years to try not to do that. I still am not very good at it a lot of the time, but also I feel like what you put out there in the universe comes to you. And so it's also putting that negativity out there, which then can create the situation sometimes. Well, and you know, I've studied a lot of law of attraction and I've really come to understand it that it's not, so all day you can be thinking positive thoughts, negative thoughts, you know, you're, you're attracting what your, what your, your thoughts are your reality, but it's not necessarily maybe that you're going to attract the, let's, let's say I worried about earthquakes for a long time. I was just totally fearful of earthquakes. Every night I'd go to bed thinking we're going to have an eight point earthquake. So it wasn't that, I'm that powerful that I can create an earthquake, like an earthquake's going to happen because I'm thinking about it. But it, I was creating an earthquake in my mind every night. So if you're thinking about things that you're afraid of, you are drawing it to you, but not necessarily the event that you're so worried about. It's that the worry is as powerful as the actual mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Sarah, I'm curious what you feel, you know, I feel like 32 was such a critical turning point for me. 
like where where do you feel like if you were to look back at the last 10 years what would you tell yourself when you were about 22 yeah I 32 is weird because you know I probably in my early 20s thought oh I'll have kids and a family at 30 and then at 30 I was so okay with that not being my life and knowing it'll happen but then all of a sudden you're 32 and like I was talking about this panic of time and when are things gonna move along I've had to somewhat just like let go and go with the flow and not worry as we just said um I kind of forget what your question was but you know I think in my 20s I I really enjoyed my 20s I savored them I'm so grateful I had selfish time and was independent and grew to be who I am today but sitting here now I'm like okay got that done like let's move on now like I would love to have a family and I think it will happen with time and so I'm trying to just sit in this 32 stage and uh, enjoy it and know it'll all work out yeah that's another thing that I have learned and it's happened to me recently in a couple of ways where like you are thinking about your future and you're, you're putting so much kind of thought into it and then feeling probably some kind of stress about how it's going to go and your age and time is running out. The minute you really release it, like you just say, you know what, I'm just going to, live my life and it's all going to come together when it's meant to be. When you truly release it, you will be amazed that it, it might just like something might just happen within even an hour. I mean, it's crazy when you let something go, like I'll give you an example of there was um, this situation in business where I was, trying to get some money from somebody and trying to decide to send them to collections or not. And this went on and on and on for many, many months. And I was just really, Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I finally just said, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to let it go, move on, send the person to collections. Literally within an hour, the money was in my bank. It was like, once I let it, I really let it go. Same with my husband. We were, we were supposed to be engaged by a certain time. We weren't, we went to New York. We had this talk. I kept thinking he was going to propose to me and he didn't. And I was, we got into a big fight and I, I said in my mind, okay, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to move on, live my life. I'm going to have a great summer. I thought, I literally just, I felt it within my bones. The next day he proposed to me in New York. It was the minute I let it go. I, when I stopped trying to make something happen so hard. Mm -hmm. And so like when you look back and you found yourself really, truly letting go, how did you get to that point? Was it just being very intentional and, thinking through it because I think that's the hardest part is I can say oh, I'm gonna let go and not care but then in the back of your mind that's a good it's question. still sitting there mm-hmm. you have to just I think you 
have to get to a point where you're just you surrender it's it's the surrendering like yeah like the book we're talking about living a life of surrender it's the surrendering of you know what I don't even think you realize when you're doing it how much tension you're creating and how much uh, resistance you are putting out there by pushing you know Mm -hmm. it's an energetic push so it's when you finally just it's like you let go of the rope you know that you've Mm -hmm. been tugging on for so long you finally just let it down and go you know what things will happen when they're meant to happen and if it's meant to be this way if it's meant to be with this person or if it's meant to be you know in business the situation it's I'm just gonna let go yeah it's crazy how all of a sudden things turn around I think as women we get so much pressure we all know this you know we're all sitting here and we've been through different versions of that um and men don't necessarily get the same pressure, particularly to start a family. So Mm -hmm. I actually feel because I went through a similar situation with my now husband where we dated for seven, eight years Mm -hmm. before we got married. And there was a lot of middle time there where my family, just people around the energy was like, he's not going to marry you. That's never Mm going to happen. You're in a cycle. You just need to move on, Mm -hmm. you know, and that energy really affected me. And I was very worried about it. And there was a turning point where I just decided we love each other and whether we ever get married or not, I'm happy with this person. Mm-hmm. And that mind shift completely changed me. And within a month he proposed right. and I wasn't even expecting it. I was not mm-hmm. thinking about it. And what I've noticed is when women don't find a way to do that, and maybe this is true for men too. I don't know how all the scenarios work out. Sometimes you do get that proposal, but if you've gotten it through like an ultimatum or like Mm -hmm. some other version of force, I don't ever see the happiness in those relationships or the freedom or the Mm -hmm. partnership that I feel that my husband and I have because Mm -hmm. I finally realized whether he ever marries me or not, I'm happy with him and he's not leaving me. It's not like that's happening. So I guess my thought on this is twofold. One, you can't force yourself to stop worrying about it. There's just no way to do that. But I think you can pray, whether you pray and you're spiritual or you just want to put it out in the universe for the freedom from that worry. Mm -hmm. I think eventually it does just come to you, that freedom, whether it means you go, I don't care if I stay with this person and that's the freedom, or I don't care if we ever get married and that's the freedom. One way or another, it does eventually come if you wish wish for it. You wish for that. Right. And it's with every situation, not just a marriage proposal Mm -hmm. or, you know. Mm -hmm. How old were each of you when you were married? I was 33. I got engaged at 32, married at 33, my first child at 34. Mm-hmm. And I was 29 when we got married, but we also started dating when I was 20. So Holy we were mom. together a really long time. Yeah. I want to hear, Liz, about your 20s being in a very serious relationship with someone you were going to marry. Because for me, my 20s, I was actually single most of them. So I'm curious, like what you learned and how you 
grew in your 20s while being with your person? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I get asked that a lot because people tend to say, and Christina will understand this. It drives me insane, actually. What was your secret? You know what I mean? And they say that with kids too, right? What's your secret Mm -hmm. for your kid who has A, B, or C cool thing about them? Um, Mm -hmm. And what I've started to say, and this has only come with the wisdom of time, is that you have no control. We had Mm -hmm. no control over staying together. We had a lot of ups and downs. I will tell you, there were many wonderful moments, but there were many really crappy moments where Mm -hmm. we were upset with each other, where things were not going the way I thought they would. I did not know if we would stay together. And I think that what I would say was beneficial about that time was that we both committed to growing separately. And I would encourage any person in any relationship at any age to try to remember that you cannot make that person your life. And my husband was much better at it than I was. I probably would have just absorbed into whatever he wanted it to be. And I did to a degree, but our relationship got a lot closer and a lot better and enabled us to get to a point where we could get married. When I finally said, this is my life and how I want it. And you're either going to come this direction or not. So I think that's how we survived it, but I can't for sure. (laughs) A lot of luck, you know, a lot of luck, (laughs) hard work and luck (laughs) and just not giving up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think most, most marriages that don't survive is because they, you know, they give up. Yeah. It's hard. There's nothing easy about it. We work hard still. You know, it never is. I mean, and you look at anything, like if you want a good body or you want to be healthy or you want to have healthy children, you have to work at it. Anything in life, your career. So there's this weird thought process out there in the universe that you're going to find some Prince Charming or woman princess out there that's going to be perfect and nothing's ever going to be hard. That is insanity. I mean, it's two people trying to live together. So I think that is a good, that goes back to what Christina said. Like if you can let go of the expectation around there being no issues, you'll have a much happier life and relationship with your partner. Yeah. And I, you know, I had a therapist tell me one time, you know, you need to be comfortable during those hard times, knowing that this is just part of like the growth of a relationship. You know, you can't, Mm -hmm be worried and be in fear that you shouldn't be able to speak your mind or that this is, you know, scary that things could end. You have to realize that this is what a relationship is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you walk on eggshells and are like, oh, if I do this, they might leave me. Or if I do this, Mm -hmm. we won't get along. Or if I, you know, to be honest, I feel like the weakest times we've had in our relationship are the times where I'm acting that way. And then all of a sudden we're in a really bad place, kind of like a car you haven't serviced. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how we got there. But then when I look back, I realize it's because we weren't being honest. We weren't communicating. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a good comparison to just anything in life, as you said. You have to put in. If you, the more the more you put, the more you invest in anything, the more rewards you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But Sarah, I don't know how that makes you feel because it's. I remember being kind of in the stage you're in, even though 
you know, we might've been different ages. And I think it can be really confusing to know mm-hmm. where to focus your energy as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I, that age. And so I really understand, you know, how you feel because I was very much like you and mm-hmm. I had been in 12 weddings. I was, <laughs> I was like the last one standing. <laughs> and the, yeah. The good thing about 32 is, I'm also seeing a lot of close friends in all different stages, mm-hmm. whether it's big breakups, whether it's married babies. Um, I have a friend who's going to become a doctor. Like all these amazing women I'm friends with have different paths and it just reinforces that having your own path is so important because why would I want to pick one of my friends and go, I want exactly what they have. I want that timeline and path. So yep. just, remembering it's it's your own and you know make it the best you can and don't worry and focus on the present so true because the and reality realize is, that we're kind of envious of you so I <laughs> and the reality is you could get exactly what you think you want that someone else right. has and be miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a reason you're on this journey the way you are right mm-hmm. does yeah. it when you guys look at me does it feel like it's so distant like oh what it like what does Sarah do with her time if she doesn't have kids I mean I look at you guys and I think anyone who is a mom is a a superhuman I'm like you're taking care of a little human who's attached to you at the hip yes I do look at you and wonder what what you even have to worry about (laughs) what does she do with her time no I I actually I feel like it's all relative though it is You know, and I think I just want you to feel and know that like, I look at where you're at and I go, she's great. Like she's, she is on a path that is going to lead to a wonderful place. It's already in a wonderful place. You know, you're doing, you can't control the outcome. Someone said, this is not my quote. This is someone else's, but you cannot control the outcome, but you can control the effort you put in. Right. So Mm -hmm. you just keep doing that. I love that. Yeah. What thinking about this episode, I had a question pop up that I want to ask you both. Um, what was your favorite age or what is it? Is it this age? I'm waiting for you, Christina. <laughs> wow. That is tough because there is something that I loved. I would say my twenties were my probably least favorite age. My thirties were hard, probably when I was about your age, there was a lot of, you know, that uncertainty, and um, but, but a lot of really good times as well. My building years, like my 35 to 45 was a really good time because that's when I was, you know, my really building my business and having children and it was challenging and juggling a million things. And I I would not want to go back to that time, but it was an exciting time. I would say like I had a lot of purpose. I had a lot of get up and go in the morning with all of, it was like, everything was new all the time, like, and fun. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really enjoying this time you know now I'm in another phase where you know my kids are older and they don't need me I mean they need me but in different ways I'm starting to see like once they're in high school it goes by so fast 
So now I'm really getting to see the other side going, oh, wow, like I never thought I was going to get to this place. And I'm starting to take more time and becoming much more like introspective and getting to know myself better. And I'm really taking advantage of that. And I, I value that a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I think all, it's all good. It's... Yeah. I definitely think this decade so far has been my favorite as an adult. Um, I definitely felt like I was not aware fully of who I was in my twenties and my thirties were really, really challenging for many reasons. Starting a family. I also grew a business during that time and some other things that were just mm-hmm. really difficult, but now it feels like we're in a little golden period. Our kids are not quite in high school yet. Mm-hmm. They still love us. Yeah. <laughs> they still cuddle with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. There's a lot to look forward to, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> Don't let and, us, uh, you know, rain mm-hmm. on your parade. <laughs> no, and I mean, did you enjoy, I mean, what do you, where you're at now, what do you feel has been your favorite age so far? I, I can hardly remember what happened at each age in my 20s. It does all blur together. <laughs> but I think the idea of 27, 28 is really fun because mm-hmm. you can kind of release any pressure of getting older, but you're still old enough to be independent. So if anyone listening is, are those ages, I think enjoy that, enjoy that time. Yeah. Um, and then I really enjoy, I learned a ton in high school. I was part of a cross country team and track team. And I really think that made me who I am. Um, so I'm appreciative of that too, but now that feels so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely even remember it. So that should show you. Where we're at. <laughs> Unless someone brings me a yearbook with. Um, I know. I was um, just going to say, well, you might not want to remember. No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so funny. But on that note, we probably do need to um, say goodbye. But we wanted to end with a quote. Christina, do you want to read the one that you found? I felt like that was. Oh, yes. So powerful. And also, you know, anyone listening to this, if you have thoughts or advice for anyone in their 20s, 30s, or 40s, we'd love to hear it because it might inspire us for 50s and 50s. And 50s. I was going to say, and 60s. I said my age on this podcast about five times. I don't know if either of you filled (laughs) your exact age. (laughs) Yes, we did in the beginning. I'm, I'm not afraid going on 40. That's all that you need to know. <laughs> uh, yes. I have earned every 53 years of my oh, life. Right. So I love that. Okay. Message to self. Light and dark are both part of oneness. Separateness is only an illusion. Everything on my path is a blessing and everyone is my guide, mirror, and gateway to my own spirit, to my own infinity. And that is where we will leave you for this week. (laughs) All right.